Jackson gave me the news of a planet far away And Colonel O'Neill will assemble a team that will try to save the day Dr. Sam has a master plan and a science attitude And the Jaffa Teal is part of the deal with his trusty Goa'uld It's just a regular day, it's gay command and it might be hard to understand Three Fresh Short, Unearthing the Stargate. It's been a hot minute, guys. It's been a month. We have unearthed the gate again since we did bury we buried it, it last the last time, episode. Yeah. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah, we did actually bury it. Mm-hmm. It's back. <sighs> we dug it up. We're back. How do we feel about being back, everyone? I'm glad to be back, but um, I'm just going to break the news right away. I was very unproductive over the break. Uh, I didn't do, did not do a lot of things I said I was going to do. So I'm sorry. But you did get a cat. I did. I did get a cat. Um, I spent a long time thinking of what name to call him because I'm very bad at naming cats and animals in general. Um, like I have a cat named Luna and I just call her chicken because she looks like a chicken and who he's going to make an appearance right now. Hello, this is Ergo. Hi Ergo. So I wanted to give him a Stargate name. Um, and it's Ergo, and he's a very squirmy little man. Um, he just ate. Don't stop. <laughs> he's adorable. Uh, he yes, he is a little menace, and I brought that on myself because I named him Ergo. But fair enough, fair enough. Well, I my cattle, she's debating coming across, so you're not alone in this. It's my dog. Yeah. My dog is asleep on my bed, so we're we're, <laughs> we're solid. The other one is upstairs still trying to hope that someone will drop some food for him. So (laughs) your dogs are so cute. They they are adorable. They put up with my shenanigans, even making cloud lamps and whatnot. Oh, yeah. That cloud lamp. If you haven't seen Rebecca's TikTok with this cloud lamp. Oh, my God. I need one. It's so good. And then doing the thunderstorms with it. I would never get out of bed. It was awesome. The most soothing ever and because i put it right over my bed so which which i think is an appropriate place for a cloud um everybody keeps telling me to do the um you know uh incoming wormhole but there's already if you have an amazon alexa i don't want to say it too loud because it'll turn her on (laughs) (laughs) she heard me from over here that's crazy um but you can already say it and it'll it'll like somebody programmed it to do the the um dialing the gate sounds so when they do that i can't figure out how to also add some lighting effects if it's already Mm. a pre-existing thing so if anyone Mm. out there can tell me how to do that with with an amazon alexa setup (laughs) um that's kind of creepy um please let me know at uh on my tiktok or at Three fresh short podcast at gmail.com. I got it in really early this time. I was, I'm I so, was happy. so proud of you. It's the letter or the number. Letter, letter or, the or the number. number. Three fresh short podcast at gmail.com. We do have an email to read too. Don't forget. We got it a long time ago. 
Oh, like right when we first took our break, your roommate, my college roomie of three years. Yes. Oh, I forgot do about we, that. That's what we, well, we got to do news. We got to do some updates. We do need so we to can... do news. Yeah. Let's do some news. I still don't have a jingle for the news segment. <laughs> we uh, or, really or, or a name. Or a or, name. We don't have a name for the update. That's fine. It's just news. I mean, we're... You go through that. The only other news we have is neither none of us were really productive and the things that we said we were going to do on our break, other than we finally, as of this afternoon, LLC'd ourselves, so we actually are good to go and um more to come our p.o box will be shortly thereafter and then we will get going with other stuff but yeah we all just kind of got lazy and sad and depressed but then actually didn't do anything with it it's kind of crazy because we were like oh break we need a break okay we need to do things we need to do things for the podcast and we just but, did but never mind we'll just like wallow in our depression of not doing the podcast is it's like a catch-22 sort of thing but it was such a self-inflicted pain that we put on ourselves because nobody told us to like pause nobody told us to break but we knew we needed to but it's i had a moment earlier today where i was la- i just laughed to myself in the car driving because i was like we got so sad and like depressed but we still talked almost every day and we still interacted and it was a self-imposed situation i'm like i'm just laughing at the just emotional distress we put ourselves through let's not do that again i mean maybe like two weeks if we have to take a week or two that's one thing but like a whole, a whole big month, Oof. a whole big hiatus <laughs> in the middle of the season is not very fun. Just like it isn't when you're trying to watch a television show. That is not yeah. fun. I want no. to keep watching. I don't want to have to wait. No. And I feel like uh, me personally, like I work harder when we do this on a regular basis. Then when I take mm-hmm. a month off, it's like object permanence. Like, oh, it's not really there. Like, right, happening now. So I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and then I don't. <laughs> but then yep. it's like I do we do it on a consistent basis and then I get stuff in every week, then I don't know, more motivated or more inclined to keep the momentum going. Um, but that's just me. And it's also I think we just we missed like getting together and talking about Stargate because that's you know, it's lovely to be able to do that in a format that other people can listen to us as well. And seem to enjoy it but you know we we just enjoy it too so i think that's reason enough to keep going so Mm -hmm. i think it's so strange sometimes that people actually like listen to and enjoy what we talk about because like for me it's fun to just talk about it like Mm -hmm. i could care less not really like I, i love all the people that listen but like the fact that people listen along and enjoy it too is like an added bonus like i enjoy creating this and i don't do it because like i want to be a famous podcaster one day and i'm the next joe rogan not that what you know whatever <laughs> i think we but, picked the wrong subject matter for that but you know <laughs> so i just love that everyone's like along this ride with us yes oh, i i i think it's great and I actually do have one person at my work that started listening to it, but did not know it was me. <gasps> what? <laughs> that's that's crazy. That's so how like, did he find it? How did he find it? Well, okay, you assumed it was a man, first of all. <gasps> oh, Sarah. Am I correct? Am I correct? Oh. You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was you're a man. Not wrong. You're not <laughs> wrong. No, so it kind of it wasn't purely out of luck, but somebody that works at the store that they work at had mentioned like, oh, there's someone who works for us that does a Stargate podcast, you know, whatever. And I think it's like three fries, whatever, something, something. And then he just latched onto that, didn't know who I was, didn't know anything who it actually was that did it. And then has just been listening to it. And I'm not going to out anybody or whatever, but hey, if you're listening, um, (laughs) I know you're listening. And what we say on here, we've already declared is a free pass and does not ever go back into the workplace. And I really don't care. But it was so funny because then today we were talking and they were just because today a, a, a thing today because saw my tattoo and was like, wait a second. Wait <laughs> a second. Together. <laughs> they're like, do you, they're like. Do you do TikTok? That's how it started. I was like, yes. I did. Yes. Do you have a podcast? Yes. And then my cover is blown. So we made a deal. Pinky swear. We don't spread it further than that. But I just found it (laughs) hilarious. I'm like, you guys, it's starting to it's starting to bleed through a little bit. I want to know, like, what did he think of it? Did he say anything about like what he thought? Yes, that was the podcast. Yeah, that was great. That's so interesting. It's what came up and maybe I controlled it to make maybe he felt forced to tell me he liked it. But (laughs) (laughs) the thing about it is just that it talks about real scenarios and we just don't give a fuck. And I think that's the refreshing part. And I liked hearing that from somebody that just like, you know, it's really nice to actually see or hear like honest observations and not try to go with well we think that they were trying to do this or this or that but be very open about that we just have our own opinions on it so that was nice to hear what was resonating so i'm curious for anyone else who's listening like what is it that's resonating because you know we have quite a little solid group that continuously listens to it like what is Mm -hmm. it like what's the what's the thing that makes you keep listening because we're doing something and I'm interested to know, like, if anyone watches that don't follow us on TikTok that found the podcast another way. And mm-hmm. how did you find it? And what drew you in? And what makes you keep listening? That's something that I'm very interested in because we know we have we kind of brought an audience with us from TikTok. Mm-hmm. But then as we continue to grow, more and more people from outside of TikTok will find us. And I kind of want to know how. <laughs> Well, weren't we scrolling Facebook, Rebecca? I think you and I saw it around the same time. Someone in a Facebook group posted our podcast. They like, recommended our podcast in a in the Stargate fan club yeah. Facebook group. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it was kind of cool because then some of the guys that we're, um, we're friends with on TikTok, I was able to, like, they were in the comment section like, yeah. oh, yeah, we're TikTok friends. And I was like, oh, my God, I know you guys. Hi. Can you find that? Was it who do you know if somebody posted it that was from TikTok or was it like I don't think they were I don't think they were from TikTok. We could be completely wrong, but no, I could be totally wrong. So you're listening. So please correct us and you please email us. Um, But I think I remember it just being that they were scrolling, searching for Stargate podcast. I don't know what it really was, but it was it was just like one of those wild things that I because I commented on it. I was like, it's kind of crazy to see this when I didn't post it. You know, mm-hmm. um, 
That's exciting to me. Like when I don't post it and people post things, I'm like, oh, that makes me feel good. Because we're a shit show. That's what it is. We're a shit show and we're entertaining. But we just talk about nerdy stuff. Yes. But we don't take ourselves seriously. I almost brought up the um, 80s TikTok challenge and that Sarah triggered you that you wanted to say something. And then. Oh, yes. So. As a lot of you know, you may have received a patch from Colonel Dave. Um, yes. One of our three fry short patches. We are coordinating a pass the patch video. Mm-hmm. So it's like you just short a shoot a short like five to seven second video of you like receiving it and then passing it to the other side. And then we put it all together and it's like we're passing it to each other. So I don't know if there's a deadline on that. Um I know but, Dave, I know Clark, well, Colonel Dave, Clark is still mailing some out. So but yes. as soon as possible. So it's still happening. Um, yeah. Also, <laughs> you don't know the deadline, but like I'm the one putting it together. So the deadline is whenever I say it is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Wait, so yeah. I, so what's the 80s challenge with this? Because as we know, I, I mean, half ass my attention span. So so. What? I guess when this episode comes out, we'll be toward the end of the week uh, that we have to put the videos together. Okay. But uh, cur- so so actually, it'll be kind of relevant. People might be able to see them. Um, I think hashtags were decided on. Let me pull this up in Discord while I'm talking at the same time because I can yeah. do that. And if anyone wants to be a part of our Discord group, um, just also email us and we can. I just think that that's it's like another little fun group area so if anyone wants to be a part of that conversation that maybe isn't on tiktok but still wants to like have stargate friends um email us and we'll get you hooked up yeah so colonel dave again with all coming in clutch with all the good ideas the past the patch well the past patch was wraith bait's idea but colonel dave turned it into specifically a three fresh short past the patch um which is adorable um but he also came up with the idea to have a a a throwdown if you will like a a competition for an 80s you have to have an 80s song and it's like a lip sync music video sort of challenge on tiktok but it's stargate so like stargate but also the 80s um when are we doing this you have until friday to make one okay um, and then Dave's, you have to make it downloadable. So, so Colonel Dave can put them however he's going to do it to have people vote on like, okay, I'll send it to what And I'm want. sending it to him or do you, who am I sending it to? You're uploading it on TikTok. Oh, okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so if any of you out there that want to see these eighties videos, uh, as they're coming out, they came up with three hashtags. One is hashtag retrogate. <laughs> One is hashtag SG eighties. And the last one is hashtag SGC Project 80s. Um, and those will, because people are supposed to be tagging their videos with those. So that should get you to some 80s themed Stargate uh, lip sync music videos. Dead. Uh, I, I already it. texted Sarah this, but I was like, okay, I'm allergic to competition because uh, the reason you're not seeing any other cosplay videos for me right now is because I'm devoting all of my energy to this one video. <laughs> I'm hype. I gotta see it. I need to see it. You know what? I'm gonna have to call in the troops and have my makeup teams do my makeup and go Ooh. like shop around my store and find something. Oh my God. Do it. 
Um, but they should be fun. And yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to see. I want to be able to see everybody's like kind of grouped together somehow. And just like to be able to go from one to the other with like just 80s music and Stargate themed videos. I love it. You know, I was going to sit it out, but as I'm thinking, like I have an actually pretty good idea. So you can't sit thinking, it out. I was thinking like, but I don't cosplay. So like how like it's just me sitting on my couch half the time and the other half the time I'm sitting in my car like. <laughs> so you don't have to cosplay it. You should, but you don't have to like. Totally. You can do uh, whatever, but you should be part of it. Um, and yeah, everybody. Okay. Because it's just going to be fun. I just keep telling my competitive side that. Like, it's just going to be fun. Um, yeah. So that's. All right. All right. All right. I'm in. You convinced me. You twisted okay. my arm. Good. Good. And, and anybody else, like I said, start looking for them. I guess there'll be um, people will be uploading them this week, but the deadline is Friday, so they should all be available looking at those hashtags by Friday. So there you go. That's the TikTok news that I can think of. Um, we got an email. We did get an email. Somebody else should read it because it's 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 so I got nice. you, girl. So um, but I'll I'll explain who it's from um and this is from aaron who <laughs> is my three-year college roommate was my three-year college roommate i don't know why why sarah's laughing right now I, read, I, I just reread the first part oh okay um she she and i were roommates from freshman through junior year in college we were placed together randomly and it worked out really well um and i've been trying to get her into stargate for a while and she finally started watching it and uh, also started listening to our podcast and finally sent us an email. And of course, she sent it to us right when we went on break. So it's been a while since she sent this, but I think it's worth reading. Uh, she's always been a great writer anyway. So um, it's, a nice, it's a big, fat, meaty one. So yeah. it's a good one. All right. So, Sarah, if you want to read it for us. I will. Let me try not to laugh at this first part. So <laughs> she said a note before I begin my original note. Your email is three or the number three fries short podcast at Gmail. <laughs> I initially sent this nerdy love letter to some random person or persons at the wrong address. So, um, oops. Anyway, dear fries. And I love that. I think they're what guys, girls, and we're fries. So mm -hmm. I love I, it. <laughs> uh, 20 years ago, I was Rebecca's roommate. 10 or so years ago, I went with Rebecca to what I think was my first Dragon Con. Mm -hmm. I want to say I've been to Dragon Con three times. This was when Rebecca had an awesome mohawk and was incredibly excited to meet Amanda Tapping. <laughs> I had no idea who that was, so she tried to educate me. I liked the Stargate movie, especially the part where Daniel Jackson fed candy bars to space beasts. Since I was and am a big fan of Farscape, Rebecca showed me the episode 200, the one with all of the parodies. We maybe watched some other episodes, question mark. Uh, I didn't really absorb it. She showed me some Sanctuary, which I enjoyed and continued to watch when I got home from the trip. Amanda Tapping was some kind of awesome lady and Rebecca got to meet her great i was mostly along for the ride and to stand at the junction of several escalators and admire the cosplayers 
Fast forward to a global pandemic. I am disassociating into my television by binge watching everything on all of the streaming services. The Expanse, Magicians, and the BBC's Three Musketeers are my favorites. As I started to run out of shows, I tried Grey's Anatomy at the suggestion of a friend, did not like it. Right around that time, I noticed Stargate SG-1 in my Netflix suggestions. Everyone, or I'm sorry, everything is better in space, right? And then I found out Rebecca was doing a podcast, a podcast with theme music by, I'm sorry, can you say that? I'm sorry, the name? Aki Burmese. Aki Burmese. Clearly, it was a sign that this was time for me to enter Stargate. So I started listening to the pod and fell in love with your easy manner with each other and true passion for the show. Thank you. I started watching the show and watching and watching (laughs) i am now into season nine i love all the characters and their relationships daniel is a cute distractible nerd sam and jack are both highly competent in their particular specialties and rely on each other with delightful chemistry teal'c is his best when he is caring and is often inadvertently hilarious (laughs) i miss jack in season nine but i enjoy mitchell's southern charm and i love it when vala shows up in bondage gear and demands to see daniel (laughs) couple favorite things one time teal said calm up which is the best thing ever (laughs) my favorite sam jack episodes are in season seven grace and death knell both episodes feature sam spending a whole episode by herself being a badass and then being rewarded with jack's affection at the end that's very (laughs) good Good. So Thank you. true. <laughs> Love it. Anytime Sam says Jack, and anytime Jack says Come here, I just melt. Uh, mm. So true. Anyway, there are probably more things I want to tell you, but this email is getting kind of long. So for now, I'll just say I'm proud to be Rebecca's biggest fan, and I plan <laughs> on continuing to enjoy your show and the Stargate fandom. Love, Aaron. That's Aaron. That's so sweet. I love that. Oh, she's so sweet. And I'm glad she finally got into Stargate and she has properly binged. She's probably finished it by now. God, because that email happened a long time ago. So a month, probably. Yeah. Erin, text me and let me know where you are in the series. She's like, I'm done, bitch. I'm on Atlantis. I'm already back on season one rewatching. No, move on to Atlantis. Get some Jason Momoa. Okay. Okay. Fair. Yeah, Aaron, do you know Jason Momoa is in Atlantis? Is that a thing that you might enjoy? I don't, I don't know. But um, yeah, Rodney McKay. I, I ended up loving Rodney McKay. So. There you go. It's so cute, though, because I remember that Dragon Con when I was, like, beside myself with the idea of meeting Amanda Tapping, and she's just like, I don't know who this is, but I'm really excited because Rebecca's excited. <laughs> like, she's, she's just like, like I'm, I'm here for the ride. Like... True ride or die. Yep. So she That's was the there best. when I got the like the the exotic bird hair picture <laughs> with the mana tapping, which I will not be able to get in I was just another picture <laughs> because Amanda tapping had to cancel for the convention. Uh, given the state Sad. of things, I'm not sure how everybody should be uh, at that convention. But, you know, yep. we haven't made that decision yet. Nope. But um, yeah, it's definitely on my mind. So. <laughs> There'll be others. There will and be. You, and you know what? It may Maybe work it, out because if we all have to cancel it, Sarah, then you're not missing out on anything. And then we can oh, all just go in together. That's a potential piece of news and maybe an ask if people would be interested uh, since we might not be able to have our meetup in real life. And 
other people weren't going to be able to be there anyway because I am so ambitious. I, <laughs> I thought of potentially having an online little con for uh, all of us and call it three fries short con and have some panels. Maybe uh, I think I've figured out how we can do live podcasting. Okay. So um, maybe we could do that. Maybe we could get some of the other pods that we've been talking to. To, to come on board too um, cool. and that would be awesome and have some panels of some people bringing their eggs like maybe their cosplay expertise maybe this or that um, so if that sounds like something and I'll put this out on TikTok too but if that sounds like something that people would be interested in doing I'm I'm willing to put the energy in to making it happen because the more I thought about it I thought even if the con if even if we d- decide to go to the con I still want to make that happen because our community's online and it's great and be really fun to be able to, to meet people more in real time and less in mm-hmm. recorded videos. So, yeah, um, agreed. So yeah, that's, that is a piece of news that I forgot that I, I, I think three fries short con would be really fun and maybe over like two nights or something, just yeah. like have some different things. Um, it, it probably be a lot of different zoom rooms. So there'd be like a place to go where you could click links for the different rooms and everything to, to see cool. things. But I'm um, down with it. Yeah. With various levels of, you know, if we did a live podcast, uh, we, obviously not everybody would be able to talk to us. So that would be in a format that um, actually going off of Sue Ann Braun's suggestion, I've looked into to what she was using for Hathor hosts. So mm-hmm. um, people can type in questions and, and, and interact that way instead. But then in other, other things, it'd be just like chat rooms for everybody, like zoom chat rooms. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So if you like that idea, please email us at three fry short podcast at gmail.com or, um, just hit us up on, on a uh, TikTok and let us know that you would like to do that because I think it'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, also, also that comes a little bit from Ellie wanting people to meet up and have some chats in online world. I think her wanting to meet people live also kind of made me want to try to help set something like that up. So I love her. Yep. Same. So yeah, same, same. Is that all the news that's fit to, um, not print? I think so. I like how we were like, we don't really have any news. We have a lot of news. <laughs> we could always find news. Like, Always. Short, cause we're three friends short. Cause we're three friends short. We're three friends short. We're three friends short. In a Stargate. All right. Well, are we ready to get this going then? Let's, what ep- What are we doing? What are we talking about this week? We are on season one, episode 16, which is Core Eye. Um, Core Eye. This, I love this episode so much. I even shed a tear at the end when i rewatched it today i actually was like i'm gonna cry i'm <laughs> this is so moving um this piece of 90s television so um w- this whole episode is going to be about this episode core um it's a teal centric episode and i think it's a really important one mm-hmm. and i went like i'm on a little like hard with the notes i'm sorry i like wrote a mini like a stephen king short story here um a lot. I, I expect oh God, nothing. Not I expect nothing less from <laughs> like, you at this literally, point. It's it's. I did include like a lot. There's some transcripts, and I. There's like I can't summarize it better than how they say it. So I had to include like the actual dialogue. Yeah. Um. So. If we just want to get right into it, 
uh, episode opens up. SG-1 arrives on a planet and it looks to be deserted, but like not fully deserted because there's still, you can see that there's still like a fire and a hearth and there's like fresh food everywhere. So it's like there's no one in sight, but people were clearly here very recently. Um, and then Teal speaks up and he says that he's been to this planet before. The planet is called Cartago and the Gould visit regularly to take hosts. And then right for right away, I have a piece of dialogue that I thought was super interesting. Teal says the Gould visit here regularly. It's one of their favorite places to harvest host for Gould absorption. And Daniel was like, I wish you wouldn't say harvest because it sounds like you're talking about like Brussels sprouts. They're humans. They're not like vegetables. And Teal is just like, that's how the Gould perceive it. So it's like, Wow. So, like, you're kind of reminded again how the Gould don't even view humans mm -hmm. as actual individuals. It's just, like, literally I'm going and picking Brussels sprouts. Well, and I love that explanation in the beginning to really solidify or remind people that truly humans mean nothing to the Gould. Because throughout this up until this episode, we've kind of gone back and forth where you're not quite clear. Maybe they do have some emotional connect. Maybe they don't. But to really reset the dialogue and say, no, they are just that. Because then it's very important as we go through the episode and learn about Teal'c and decisions he made, it really allows you to see how far apart he was in his thinking and his value of life um, because we talk about it later, but I, I just think it's important that they did set that and say, nope, they are to be farmed, to be whatever, but he just never saw them that way. Yeah. So Sam once again points out that like all the food is fresh. There's still a fire lit. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but apparently on Cartago hmm. in space, they have watermelons. There was just like a giant watermelon, like this whole like giant like buffet like look of table, and there's like a watermelon. I'm like, oh cool, space watermelon. I love it. I mean, spoiler <laughs> alert, but that's what makes when wormhole extreme happens so great because at some point Marty, 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 uh, actually says like, oh, this what they have kiwi on other planets. I think it was kiwi, and they're like, what you want me to spray paint this kiwi that they then take a bite out of or something it's just like just just making fun of of things that you know we all notice like water space watermelons um i love it it's just perfect i mean oh. if if there's humans out there and there's nature out there i mean there's gonna be something similar so you know watermelon makes sense yeah i mean they were brought from you know, everybody came from Earth, so... So they brought the watermelons with them, is what you're saying. <laughs> their plants could have come from Earth, too. Watermelons gotta know. come with us. Watermelons, yeah. Space watermelons. <laughs> so watermelons from Earth. Sorry, so keep going. So as she went go inside this building, which is like some type of meeting room, and they're jumped by a group of men with weapons, and then we have a standoff. Jack explains, like, we're not ghouled, we're friendly. Uh, and the man in front of him, who turns out to be like our main character from this planet, his name is Hanno, he asks, why should I believe you? And then this is another very good exchange. Um, so Hanno says, why should I believe you? You have a weapon. And Jack says... So do you. 
So I'll tell you what, I'll go first. And O'Neill lowers his weapon first. And I was like, good for you, man. Like, mm-hmm. you're the one showing the sign of goodwill first. Like, you're deciding to lower your weapon first. And coming from Jack, I think that's, like, a really good sign of trust from him. Like, he's he's trying to, like, do the right thing here from the get-go. But then Hanno notices that Teal'c is a Jaffa, and the rest of the villagers are like on guard and they point their weapons at him and right away SG-1 jumps to his defense and they're like, no, he's good. Like he was a Jaffa, but he's good. He's with us now. And Hanno says, no, um, I know this man and he killed my father. And that takes us to the opening credits. So Teal'c doesn't seem to recognize this man um, and neither do any of the other villagers. So one of them pipes up and says, if you're right, He's going to be put through Korai, but we don't take revenge like this. If we do, we're no better than the Jaffa. And this kind of sets the precedence for what these people are all about. Um, They have a certain way of doing things. And Daniel later says in the episode, like, you have a very beautiful existence. And I thought that that was a very uh, astute uh, observation from him, where they're so peaceful and it's like after all the crap they've been put through, they still try and have this peaceful existence where they do things in their own right way. And you can see that kind of start to push out here where it's like, we don't take revenge like this. They have to go through this process. So Hanno lowers his weapon and he takes Teal'c to meet these elders. And when they come out of this meeting building or this meeting hall, we see all of these other villagers kind of emerging from like out of nowhere. Like there's all, they're all like coming out of the woodwork. And Hanno explains, when the gods come through the Circa Kona, we scatter in many directions to hide from those who would hurt us. They're overdue to visit us again. So foreshadowing. Um, and then mm-hmm. Daniels uh, explains that what they call the Stargate, the Circa Kona, um, essentially breaks down to a circle of woes. So they don't have a really good relationship with the Stargate, which is interesting because like their whole village is like right in front of it. Like, do you think they would like move away? Right. <laughs> it's a little bit of a, like a plot issue. Cause it's like, yeah, yeah just go away from it. Just go like, live why? somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wondered about that, but I don't know. Maybe, there's uh, maybe, else, though. Yeah. Maybe they tried to. And then, then they were like, well, I guess if we're here, then we know, you know, we know they've they've come versus That's true. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying I, to like I think explain. maybe other places on the planet do not grow very good space watermelons there and they had to stay <laughs> for the fruit. <laughs> you gotta stay the there food. for the space watermelon. <laughs> um so an elder woman approaches SG1 and she like tells Jack that okay, you guys are good to go, like you can leave, it's cool. And Jack's like, cool, like, we're out of here. Let's go. And Teal'c, you're coming with us. But they're like, nah, he, no, he can't go with you. He has to stay and do this Korai thing. And Daniel wants to stay and learn from them and possibly help them against the Gould. So Teal'c states again that he doesn't remember Hanno and asks, um, Hanno asks Teal'c if he remembers this and he holds up a crutch. And then we see a flashback to Teal'c shooting a man who was holding that crutch. And he remembers. And Jack orders Teal'c not to say anything and is about to fight them. But Daniel stops him. So Teal'c is taken into custody. 
And Hanno tells the rest of SG-1 that they're welcome to stay for the Cori. And as soon as he leaves the holding room, Jack starts devising a plan to break Teal'c out. But Teal'c tells Jack that he will not disrespect the Bursa, which are the people of this planet. Um, and he's not going to run away. So then a woman comes in and tells SG-1 that she is going to be his voice for the Cori, which is like they're, they're equating like a lot of what they're doing to our own justice system because that's all they really have to go off of. So it's like, OK, this Cori thing is like a trial. And then mm-hmm. this woman is like her. She's going to be his voice, which we can only kind of compare like she's going to be his lawyer and speak for him. So Jack tells this woman no we're gonna step in and we're gonna be his voice this is one of Um, my favorite like dialogue scenes and i'm actually like you left out part of the dialogue that i enjoy but read it through but um we're because jack sorry i'm cutting you off but i just love this no that's okay can i take this part can i take it i'm sorry go 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 tux is about to jump on the keyboard so one second (laughs) um but no, so yeah, so when Jack's like, okay, we're, we'll do it. And Daniel's like, you sure you're up to this? And O'Neill's like, why? You don't think I am? And it kind of positions this like, what's your perception of me? You don't think I could do this? Daniel's like, well, it's it's just that I've never actually heard you referred to as a diplomat. I think um, antagonist was the word <laughs> used. And just kind of, and he has this moment. And O'Neill's like, but I'm his commanding officer. It comes with the territory. And I love Carter because Sam comes in and is just like, wouldn't Daniel be better at it? I mean, being a, a linguist and cultural expert, sir. And then I love it because then Jack's response is, well, we'll just all do it then. So he doesn't concede. He's yeah. just like, you know what? Co-counsels. We're all doing it. And that for yeah. him, because he's like, Tilk's my boy. Like, Tilk is the family. He, like, couldn't let it go. And he was mm-hmm. very much like... I want to do a part of it, but I just love that he wouldn't let Daniel have it. He wouldn't let Daniel do it. He's like, no, we're, we're all going to do it. God damn it. So that was my favorite part. I just laughed watching that today because <laughs> just Sam trying to be like, boys, like, let's be she reasonable was, yeah. here. Boys, reasonable. And so she just is like, I guess I'm doing this now, too. So, you know, we're all going to do it or, or nobody. I just thought that was cute. She's Poor got a great. Sam. She's got a great little pause before she says "sir" too. I was like, just gonna say that. <laughs> it, it's almost she like tacked it on at the end, like, "Oh yeah, wait, sir." <laughs> like, oh yeah, Ooh. I forgot. Um, but that energy kind of translates over into the famous General Hammond and Jack conversation, mm-hmm. where she kind of has to like butt in and deflate the situation between the two of them, and like passions are flaring and. Jack is really passionate and Hammond is really passionate. So she's just like trying to bring reason back, which is very kind of like you don't normally see that uh, um, a woman is like the voice of reason and calming things down. Like normally they're pegged for like they're the over emotional one or whatever. But I'm going off on a tangent. Anyway, (laughs) go off. (laughs) Do it. Um. No, I mean, that was pretty much, but it's that that energy of Sam kind of like going in and breaking up the fight between these two boys like does translate over into that Mm -hmm. conversation with Hammond and Jack. Um, So everyone gathers in this meeting room where they originally were at for this Korai trial. And Hanno, this again, this is it shows how how these people operate this this culture hanno kneels before teal'c and he apologizes for threatening his life when they first met and Mm -hmm. that acting like that 
brought shame to him and his family. And he asked for Teal'c's forgiveness, and Teal'c just without a thought says, you have it, I forgive you. Um, so even though what even though Hannah was probably justified in his emotional reaction, he he looks at it and he's like, no, that was wrong of me to do. Like, we need to do this the right way. And I, I need to seek forgiveness for acting that way. So Hanno starts the process and then he says that the punishment for this crime will be death. And then Jack objects, like he just like <laughs> roars up and he's like, objection, like we're in an episode of Law and Order. <laughs> and it's like crickets <laughs> from everybody. They're like, right. uh, what? Yeah. What are we? And and Jack objects to Hanno being in control of this because he's like, a, someone in control of this should be impartial. And again, like, it's kind of eye-opening that we're trying to, like, SG-1 is trying to shoehorn in our version of justice to this other planet and being like, well, no, we do this differently. Well, okay, we're not on Earth. We're on mm-hmm. this planet. Um like, how would you feel if someone came to Earth and started telling us how to act and what to do? Probably wouldn't like it that much. But he is, he has good intentions. So the one female elder speaks up and she says, only the person who has suffered understands the pain that which has been inflicted. Who else can fairly say what the punishment should be? Uh, so Hanno is allowed to continue. Jack is, his objection is not, sust- or wait, it's not sustained, right? Mm-hmm. Um overruled overruled yeah i have not watched law and order recently if you can't tell (laughs) um so daniel says something and i meant to look up this word in my dictionary app on my phone one moment please um but he says something are you talking about talmudic yes rebecca do you know what that means um i i believe i do because it's it's has to do with jewish uh culture hmm but I, I know I know the Talmud is Jewish, but I don't know all the details. Okay, so Daniel said it's actually rather Talmudic. Only the only he who is wronged can forgive. And um I don't know if my dictionary app is doing it justice because the first definition is of or relating to the Talmud. Well that Thank you. That doesn't help me very much, but it says characterized by making extremely fine distinctions, overly detailed or subtle hair splitting. So it is Jewish. I just uh, wanted to, I'm like, I love when I say things and I think I know them, <laughs> but then I don't know if I know them. Um, it's the body of Jewish civil and ceremonial law and legend comprising the Mishnah and the Gemara. Sorry if I'm pronouncing things wrong. There are two versions of the Talmud, the Babylonian Talmud, which dates from the 5th century AD, but includes earlier material, and the earlier Palestinian or Jerusalem Talmud. Um, so it's it's basically ceremonial law, Jewish ceremonial law, which makes sense that he says it when you think about the episode. So, Yep. So... I mean, without, like, a lot of dialogue, Teal basically confesses to killing mm-hmm. Hanno's father. And I have rather a lot... There's a lot. This whole scene, like, at the end, I just, like, gave Chris Judge, like, three gold medals for <laughs> his acting. Because it was so good. Like, we can break this up, too, but... <sighs> Jack and Teal are alone in this meeting room because he's, like lawyering and 
Jack he's, is like, why didn't you? I like you're like, he's lawyering. He's you're being, like, yes. He's, um, he's like, why didn't you tell me you were I guilty? I thought you just said loitering. Um. <laughs> I mean, that too. Like, <laughs> he's just loitering. loitering in this building. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break your train of thought. But it, that's okay. <laughs> um, loitering. Jack, he's kind of like admonishing Teal'c. Saying, why didn't you tell me you were guilty? Like, you could have at least told me before you confessed to a whole room full of people that want you dead. Mm -hmm. And Teal'c was like, you already knew. Like, don't you knew that's what I did and you didn't want to hear it. So Teal'c is like calling Jack out too. Because he's like, you knew what I, like, you know where I came from. You know that I did it. You didn't want to hear it. And that's why you told me to shut up. You didn't want Mm -hmm. me to say anything. And Teal'c is right on the money with that. And it's so, because... Jack is kind of taken aback at first. He's he kind of like doesn't know what to say, um, and uh, uh, um, essentially, Apoth is ordered Teal'c to kill someone to calm this crowd down. The crowd of people that they were trying to round up were panicking and unruly, and they're like Apophis is like kill one of these guys to calm them down and scare them and get them to shut up and do what we want so jack is like well you were following orders and teal'c says hanno's father died by my hand no one else's no one else's and i am responsible what i did while serving apophis i won't hide from and then o'neill said even if the punishment is death and teal'c says then that's what i deserve and jack is like you sound like you want to die and then this is where we get and i love chris judge because like he you can tell he's like on the verge of tears here this giant huge strong Mm -hmm. man is like on the verge of tears and i love to see that like he's not this emotionless brick wall that he kind of has that facade of in a lot of other scenarios like he this is really affecting him and he says colonel o'neill have you ever faced the crying eyes of a child whose father you have just murdered and Jack is like, you know what? I can't say that I have. Oh my gosh, there's a kitty. Is that the kitten? Mm-hmm. He's yes. huge. Oh my god, he's huge. Oh. Um. So if anyone else wants to take over, because I feel like I've been like talking like <laughs> this whole time. I'm, I'm like, like, I'm like sitting here just like, Sarah, tell me a story. <laughs> I, lo- I mean, listen, I can keep going if you want. Yeah, keep going because otherwise Tux will be in the microphone and okay. you guys will have pur- purring in everyone's ears. So Jack goes off on this kind of spiel. He's like, Teal, there's a lot of things uh, that we do that we can't change and we sure can't forget them. But the whole concept of chain of command undermines the idea of free will. So as soldiers, we have to do some pretty awful stuff, but we're following orders like we're trained to. So it doesn't make it easier and it certainly doesn't make it right, but it does put some responsibility on the guy giving those orders. Mm-hmm. So Jack is coming from his military experience and we find out again, like that exchange with general Hammond, what we'll get to is I think one of my favorites, maybe in this whole season, dare I say the whole series. <gasps> I agree. I had I, forgotten about so it. And good. then when rewatching it today, yeah, I agree. We'll get to it. But I yeah, I have thoughts on it for sure. So Teal'c is like, so you're saying Apophis is responsible for Hanno's father's death. And O'Neill is like, yeah, totally. And Teal'c is like, you're wrong. Um, 
O'Neill, while in the service of Apophis, I did many things, and for these deeds, my victims deserve retribution. When I look into Hanno's eyes, I see the horror on the faces of many others as their loved ones prepare for gold absorption. Worse yet is the face of the victim who I selected as they realize they are about to take their final human breath. Hanno's father is not the first nor the last of these lives I've taken, and I have done far worse. O'Neill, I can't give them all their loved ones retribution, but I can at least give this to one. I'm sorry, but I will not run. And then this is where I give Christopher Judge his three gold medals. <laughs> yes. Um, so this is like, there's so many things in here to kind of break down. One, Teal'c is not trying to run away from this. He's taking accountability. He could easily be like, no, I'm cool. Like, I'm one of the good guys now. Like, I've totally changed. And um, I, I need to get out of this. He's like, I'm not going to run away. And you can try and break me out, but I'm not going to go with you. Like, he's being purposely defiant and saying like i need to stand up because this is not only for hanno but it's symbolic for everyone else that i've wronged and everything else that i've done to all of these other victims like this is this counts for all of them well Um, i think it's interesting because this really gives us another layer into Teal'c that we have been hinted at, but not really taken a deep dive in. And it's just more of the quote-unquote humanity of Teal'c, more of the like mental processing and healing of, you know, really being empathetic. Like he's a huge empath. Like Teal'c is such an empath and he took on the weight of so much and he's bearing the weight and feeling so responsible for it. And it's part of that conversation of or that like development of the relationship where Jack is kind of taking him out of it and be like, dude, you don't have to take all that weight. You don't have to take every single piece of that. Um, but I think it's nice to see with Teal'c and sorry, my, I think my daughter is coming in. Oh, hi. <laughs> so, yes. Hi. Sorry. Ryder, do you want to say hi real quick? You did. You got something for me. Well, I'm doing my podcast. You want to come say hi? You want to say hi real quick? Oh, just keep waving. I just saw you cat ears. Wave? Hi. Hi. They say hi. 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 <laughs> I just think it's interesting because we it allows him to really live in a space where he's grieving and addressing some things that he maybe hadn't thought about he hadn't looked inward in a while and really addressed and some things he truly felt guilty about and i think that's healing for him um yeah. but anyway yeah i think jack's perspective is so like he's right right on the train of like you were following orders and and it's not all your fault and it makes me wonder like how many years did it take for him to get to that point to stop blaming himself and to understand like Uh, he's done some pretty horrific shit too i'm sure and i'm sure he had to deal with that too and he's finally at a point where it's like he can kind of justify it or at least live with it knowing that he was following orders and he's not the only one solely accountable for the stuff that he's done and i think we're seeing teal actually start that process of figuring that out and and understanding and i don't know if he ever truly will not feel guilt or fully like you know put the shift on apophis and um know that he was following orders so 
I don't know. It's interesting to see Jack's perspective too, of like, he's right, right with that. Like you were following orders. So it's on the guy who's giving the orders. It's not all on you. And we have to take some responsibility, but you don't own all of that. Um, so I wonder how long it took Jack to kind of get to that and maybe find peace within that in himself. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of relationship between the two of them, a lot of character development that we go through. So I like see, I like kind of seeing that. Um, so yeah, so that was again, like the whole, that I'm pretty much like copy pasted the whole dialogue from the transcripts because it was so good. And to summarize that without reading it would not have done it justice. Um, so Daniel says, okay, so Teal basically pleaded guilty, but we need to try and convince them that he's a different man and he doesn't deserve to die. Um, so Daniel takes the stand and he tells the story of Sharae. And even though Teal is responsible for what happened to her, he knows that Teal has changed and he would do anything to help get her back. So Daniel's perspective is a very personal one. Like Teal wronged him and he's still his friend and he's still standing by him and standing up for him. Even though what Teal did to Daniel is painful and hurtful. Um, he knows that, that Teal is a changed person. Um, and Sam then kind of like plays her part as his co-counsel <laughs> and questions Teal'c on how he joined SG-1 and like what that whole situation was. So like kind of flashback into the pilot episode, um, he was ordered to kill 50 unarmed captives, but he turned on his fellow serpent guards and helps them escape. And Sam is like, you're being kind of modest here. Like you took a huge risk and you know, like you, you saved so many lives that day and you, you know, you have a family. Do you think you'll ever see them again? And he looks like, probably not. She's like, yeah. So you took a huge risk to help people and you didn't know if that was going to pan out. So we cut to a scene of Daniel walking around the village and he's kind of like looking around. He's wondering like, where do these villagers actually live? Because we don't see like a house structure or like a, like a living structure at all. It's just kind of like this open marketplace where we have space watermelons all over the place. Um, so he asked the one woman and she says that they have hidden caves and tunnels in all directions. When the evil ones come through the Circa we flee in all directions and disappear. And Daniel says, oh, so they only catch like the slowest among you. And she's like, no, like we wouldn't leave anyone behind. Like if we all go or none of us go. And Daniel, like a light goes off in his head and he's like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of like developing, even though he doesn't know the whole story, he is like developing kind of a defense here. So he's beginning to understand and question why exactly Teal chose Hanno's father to kill. And he's like, the truth is going to be our defense. So, Jack, on the other hand, is being a negative Ned, and he's like, they're not they're not going to buy this. We're not going to get out of this. So me and Carter are going to go back to Earth for reinforcements. He's like, and, we're going, we're going, we're going. <laughs> Let's <Screen> go. <laughs> and he's still like all gung-ho about like, I'm going to break you out. He look like I'm coming back, and I'm not trying to like have any bloodshed, but we're going to scare these people to giving Teal'c back to us, and we're going to bust him out like a prison break. So we're back in like the Korai trial 
room area. And Daniel is like, so I'm told that your only defense against the gold is the ability to run and hide. Is that right? And Hanno says that, yes, we have escape tunnels and caves. When the lights on the Circa appear, we can disappear before the gold arrive. So Teal kind of confirms he's like, um, it was often very difficult to locate the villagers. They seemed able to vanish into the forest as quickly as a flock of birds. And Daniel says, how fast could your father move with only one leg? Because he was crippled. He only had one leg. Um, and Hannah was like, this is not important. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, he's a member of the clan and we would never leave him behind. And then Daniel puts it so like perfectly. He's like, so in other words, your group can only move as fast as the slowest member, right? Mm -hmm. So Teal'c, why did you choose Hanno's father? And Teal'c said that I saw his injury and I knew that without him, the group could move more quickly, perhaps even evade us next time we came. So, and, and just to put like more perspective on it, this was a long time ago. Hanno mm -hmm. was a boy, like a child when this happened and is now a full grown man. So not only did this happen a long time ago, but it shows that Teal'c had been questioning the Gould for a very long time, mm -hmm. actual, like many, many years and was subtly doing things to defy them many, many years leading up to when he joined SG-1. And it's so interesting, the fact that he knew exactly what he was doing this whole time and didn't even use that to try and defend himself. He knew, like, what he did had, as fucked up as it was, was the lesser of two evils. And even though he killed a man, he did it so that all of these other people could survive. And Daniel, like, goes around the room and he's like, without Teal'c, you might not be here and you might not be here and all of you could be dead. And, you know, Hannah's like, well, we don't know that. Well, you know, they, you know, we we could have fought, like, I forget what it was, but Daniel's like, oh, he he points out how, like, oh, so what, what, Teal'c helped you escape and he didn't kill any of you. Mm -hmm. So what, how's that different? Like, you know... And and Daniel was like, well, the gold could have come back, to, you know, if Teal tried to do that, then the gold could have come back and and made it even worse for you. And they tried to do that with us, but we have defenses that you don't have, like an iris. Like how many people and how many bombs or whatever did the gold send through to Earth that were prevented from coming through because of the iris? So there was this whole like debate of like, well, why didn't he do this and why didn't he do that? And at that time, unfortunately, that was the best decision Teal could have made. Um, so Hanno says to Daniel, your argument is wise and moving and I commend you. So once again, like these people aren't bad people. They're really like they're trying their best and they have a very like wise way of living. And even though like he doesn't want to hear Daniel's argument, he has to admit like, you're really smart and this is actually very wise and it's you know it makes a lot of sense um and he says you've made a compelling argument that this jaffa more recent and continue and continuing good should somehow negate his past evil i have one final question can his recent actions or any further actions return my father from the dead and daniel's like no of course not 
He says, then clearly no amount of good in the present can erase what he has done in the past. Jaffa, you are guilty of killing my father. And then tomorrow at midday, you will die by your own weapon as my father did. Mm-hmm. So it poses this very, like this question. It's very eye for an eye mentality. Yeah. And it, it kind of leads like into the, the themes and the questions that I had of like, what is real justice? What is true justice and is it is it like actual justice in the the actual like sense of it of like you killed a person so now you're going to die to pay for that or is it more of like a personal justice of like I have my inner peace I have found justice within myself of you know I I can say like I've found closure um and yeah. now I can move on like is that what like there's so many different things. And when we look at it in our current landscape, it's like our justice system has failed so many people. And it's like, that's not justice. That's fucking awful. Whereas like someone gets off on a technicality because some paperwork was filed incorrectly. And it's like, that's not justice. So it, the, the concept of like true justice is so gray. And it's like, how can it be so ambiguous when you're dealing with people's lives here and and deciding the outcome of something like a punishment for something that somebody did it's so well and like hano's argument there about it well no no nothing you do can bring my father back from the dead and there's a lot of people that i've heard and seen that have made that argument for why like the death penalty is not they don't like the idea of it. It's like, you know, they, they, they make the argument that, well, this just means another person will die instead of, you know, an eye for an eye sort of, sort of justice. So the way he puts it, even I've heard arguments against, you know, even from family members saying, no, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's no matter what, like say this person is executed, it still doesn't mean that my family member is back, you know? Yeah. So yeah. But then it makes you think like when I watch true crime TV cuz I love watch, <laughs> you know, forensic files or whatever. Same. <laughs> like you think about and I used to think like as a kid like death of whatever kind like that would be the ultimate closure. And then like you watch an episode of whatever flavor of true crime you like to watch <laughs> and it's like Strawberry, oh. personally. No, watermelon. Space watermelon. <laughs> All the space watermelons. Right. Space so, watermelon flavored true crime. Anytime <laughs> the perpetrator, the the bad guy or whatever, anytime they end up killing themselves, I'm just like, you little fucking bitch, you took the easy way out. And like, as a kid, I was like, oh, well, he's dead now. So the family should have closure. And it's like, no, because he went out on his own terms. That makes him a little bitch. He couldn't stand for Mm -hmm. that trial. He could not go through the process. That is not true closure. And like, that was something even like with Jared, like I debated him on. He's like, oh, well. You know, if they're dead, like, who cares? They can move on. And it's like, no, it's the principle. They died on their own terms. They got to make that choice. They didn't give their victim any choice, but they got to make a choice and go out on their own terms. And now every time I see it where it's like, you know, whatever happened with Jeffrey Epstein, if that 
whatever if he, he actually kill kill, if he if he actually killed himself he's a little fucking bitch and i'll say it right now like you you're a little bitch because you went on <laughs> in your own terms but that's if that's actually what happened now i'm putting on my tinfoil hat but <laughs> that's a whole other podcast we yeah. could do but it, i used to think if you have like, opinions on that matter please <laughs> do not email us at three fry short podcast <laughs> at gmail.com <laughs> yeah not stargate related but nope it, like i can't i don't know when that shift happens for me but like again as a kid or like a younger adult i would think like oh well if they're dead like who cares like they're gone so the victim should be happy like whoever killed their family member is dead now and it's like no because they don't have that day in court they don't have a guilty verdict they don't have that validation of in the eyes of our justice system or in our society that they were found guilty. And again, like anytime I see where like a bad guy kills himself while he's waiting for trial or something, I'm just thinking you're a bitch. You took the easy way out. <laughs> so back on earth. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, <laughs> Uh, Jack and Sam try to explain what's happening and General Hammond points out um, he's like well it sounds like the rest of you have been treated with respect um, so he's like kind of like well what's who cares like you know everyone out you're not being treated hostily it's just Teal'c um, and we get the amazing quote <laughs> that is so relevant to this very day um, Hammond says, Colonel, the United States is not in the business of interfering in other people's affairs. <laughs> and then Sam side eyes Jack and he speaks up and he's like, since when, sir? Well, and, and also is, I find it funny because it's like, it's not just the U.S., it's the world. It's the Earth, yeah. so I get it. But it's like, I love how we're still like, it's just the U.S. out there, which it technically is, but you represent mm -hmm. the whole Earth. So like, it's right. a different playing field. We're not like going overseas here. And then something I got a lot of, like, not flack for, but part, like, when I posted it on TikTok, something people always pointed out to me was, like, you cut off the next part, which was, like, Hammond saying, since this administration was elected. So, since when, sir? Since this administration was elected. Which is so interesting because it puts the whole, like, this politics spin on it. It was, like, oh, how the things we do in America shift with the political tides. Like, maybe in another administration we'd be fucking around in other people's affairs, but not this one. Not, no, we're good in this one. Um, so, I thought that was, again, like, just the littlest things add a different spin on it. It's amazing. I love it. For sure. <laughs> so again like i have this huge dialogue um there was so, a lot, whoever wrote this episode did an amazing job they packed yeah that. they packed it um so hammond says that these people's laws in regard are no different from our own and we don't stop pursuing war criminals because they have a change of heart which i call bullshit on and i'll get into that later but anyway uh -huh. yes <laughs> Um, and O'Neill is like, war criminals? Like, what? Are you serious? And Hammond is like, yes, Colonel, he is. Like it or not, what the Jaffa have done to those people and thousands of other people is a crime. Now, Tilk spent many years servicing the ghoul, doing some damn distasteful things. Surely both of you must realize that this was bound to happen sooner or later. 
And then O'Neill, my boy, he comes out of the gate flaming hot. He's like, General Hammond, I've spent a lot of years in the service of my country, and I have been ordered to do some damn distasteful things. I will not allow them to execute my friend. And this is like very heated, like they're going at it. And (laughs) this really gives us perspective on Jack, too, because he's like, I did some really fucked up shit for this country. Like, for the United States, who does not interfere in other people's affairs. Um, and it's so interesting because it's like, oh, he's a decorated Air Force officer. But now Teal'c is a war criminal. And he's not even a citizen of Earth or the United States. So why should we help him, pretty much? And then Sam, once again, coming in to be the mediator, she says, Sir, Teal'c has proven his loyalty to us countless times. Don't you think we should do the same Yes, we should. Thank you, girl. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And Hammond says, my own personal opinion says yes, but the government policies under which I must weigh my decisions say no. So the bureaucracy uh, rearing its ugly red tape. Um, so Teal'c is being prepared for his execution. Um, and while they're like painting all of these lines on him, it's like actually quite beautiful. Like they're preparing him, they're taking care of him. It's like, there's, there's beauty in this ceremony that they have. And, um, Teal'c is, Teal'c tells Daniel that he wants to offer his body to earth scientists to help, um, find more stuff out about the Gould and the Jaffa. Which I find so like endearing because that's been such a topic already where they tried to make him a specimen of investigation and then Mm -hmm. to just and it's been like no we're not going to do that but for him to go i offer it like i know it will help you guys you guys have been so good by obviously not doing this to me already i just i love teal'c in this episode there's so much to him that just he's a good man like a really good man and he's still trying to do good even when he's dead. Like, he's trying so hard to stay to that true part of himself and stay good no matter what shit he's done in the past where it's like, okay, even when I'm dead, I want to contribute and and try and bring something out of this whole mess. Yeah, because he has this taste of of freedom and his ability to be a good man now. And he's like, I... I- I need to do this all the time, even in death, like you say. So he's he's just he's finally able to do what he really had a hard time trying to do before. And obviously this episode shows that he was trying in his own little ways to do things before, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, kind of gives a little more complexity to his backstory as well, that you, that the, kind of inserting these moments of of that, that I am, he is a good man and that, you know, trying to like do what he could when he could to, Mm -hmm. to help people out. So. Yeah. Um, it's again, like, like Christina said, whoever wrote this episode, like it's jam packed. Like Mm -hmm. there's so much happens and it's only like 45 minutes long. (laughs) So much happens. Um, let me Google who wrote it. Definitely not. Catherine not our girl <laughs> she Sorry, never girl. she never wrote me back guys oh no slacker I'm okay. I'm gonna keep at it it's gonna happen someday uh 
So back on Earth, Hammond tells Jack and Sam that the president will not authorize a rescue mission. Um, like, he knew that wasn't going to happen anyway, but he tried. I don't know how hard he tried, but he tried. Um, so Jack and Sam go back to Cartago, and they see the village is destroyed. And I don't know who made the comment, but they're like, oh, it looks a little different than when we left. Like, joking. And it's like, boy, like... <laughs> <laughs> Can you not for once? <laughs> Right. I think it was Jack, too. Um, but then they see a couple Jaffa rounding up villagers. So the Gould are back. Twas foreshadowed when Hannah was like, we're long overdue for a visit. Well, <laughs> here they are. Yep. Oh so God. Hannah, Teal'c, Daniel, and like a bunch of villagers are gathered up in the trial room, whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called. And Hanno's like, he thinks Jack betrayed them. He's like, you know, you, you show like your friends or something. Like, I don't know what you said, but I was like, wow, judgy pants over here. Like thinking <laughs> <laughs> like what Jack and Sam run off and they tell the gold like, oh, you need to go there. Um, because the Jaffa know their escape routes and now they can't hide. So that's why they had they didn't hide away. And Daniel was like, um, they could have figured that out all on their own. Like, Jack would not do that. Are you kidding me? Um, and Daniel makes the proposition like, let Teal untie Teal. He can help us out here, man. And Hanno refuses. And he's gonna go out, Hanno's gonna go out and help fight and defend and whatnot. Um and he tells his son, because Hanno has a little son, that if he dies, that he still wants Teal'c's execution to be carried out. So we go out and we see Jack and Sam are also fighting, and Hanno sees this as well, and it shows them that Jack did not betray them. So, okay, they're cool now. Like, that little moment is over. Um, so then we see a group of Jaffa enter the meeting room where everyone is hiding, Um and the Jaffa leading them is Shackle. So if we remember Shackle, he is from the episode The Knox. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so he does make an appearance. And once again, autocorrect, dummy dirty. Hanno gives Hanno's son, not Hanno's Don, <laughs> the godfather. <laughs> Hanno's son. It, this was so, I didn't even catch this. Like the first time I watched it, I didn't catch this. But Hanno's son gives Teal'c a knife. To cut his hands free. Oh, I didn't catch that. Interesting. You see it like he slips him a knife while like Shackle's coming up to them and like before the, the villagers scatter. Because Shackle wants Teal'c. Like he doesn't give a shit about any of these other people. He wants Teal'c. So Teal'c like Hanno's son gives him the knife and he's like telling he tells everyone like all right scatter. But I thought it was that is such like it's so symbolic of like breaking generational curses i think mm -hmm. of like letting go of that generational anger of like you have whether it's like okay here i'm gonna get deep again of like were you raised by like really racist parents or like really messed up parents and you were taught to think the same shitty way that they were and it's like you choose to break that generational curse and like that trauma that was brought on you by your parents like not that i'm saying hanno is bad um he's trying his best but then his son like breaks away from that and he does think that teal'c has a chance maybe it's, i don't know why he made that choice but the fact that it was his son that did that super interesting well i think it's interesting because hanno is a victim that's still stuck in and hasn't healed so mm -hmm. there 
And that's that's the trauma. So they're stuck in the trauma where his son was being forced to inherit the trauma, but he didn't. He said, or it appears to to kind of have distanced itself. And that's more what it is. It's just I, I like seeing the progression of Hanno trying to work it through, but his trauma keeps bringing him back to this like point A. But then mm-hmm. his son just being like, you know what? Like, I hear it. I see it. But no, like this man has potential. This man has that. And then I, I wish that I had paid attention or seen that he did hand the knife off because I would have cheered for that moment. Like I, I need to go back and rewatch it. I want to see that scene <laughs> it was again. So, yeah, it was so quick. But I like I was like, what? That was him. That was his. Because like five minutes ago, we still have we have Hanno telling him like, if I die, I want you to make sure that this guy is killed. And then five minutes later, he's giving him the means to escape to help them. So again, like there's, I feel like there's some kind of symbolism in there about like breaking generational trauma, generational pain, healing, something like that. I I can't put it into words, but something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, Teal'c kills Shackle. Like, he stands up, he gets him with a knife, and um, basically, like, is a total all-around badass and, you know, kills all the Jaffa in the room, while also being mindful of the villagers. He's not trying to kill any one of the villagers. He's trying to protect them, and he actually, like, does a very dramatic, like, dive bomb to, to, like, move people out of the way so they don't get injured and Teal'c actually gets shot in the leg with a staff weapon um and he's actually about to be killed when Jack Sam and Hanno come around the corner and they kill the rest of the Jaffa that Teal'c couldn't take out so very shortly after that it's like victory yay which it what's that where's the denouement like it it escalated very quickly and then like petered off and like oh we won they're all yay Yay. victory um and daniel notices that teal'c is injured and he's like we got to get him home like this is bad but teal'c he refuses he's like no this thing it's midday which means it's time for me to die and he stands up and he gives Hanno the staff weapon that he used um, and he's prepared to accept his punishment and once again I have the dialogue this is where I cried for real like mm-hmm. tears and Hanno's just looking at him with like such amazement and awe and like truly understanding like that Teal'c has changed and he says you would save those who would wish to kill you and Teal'c says I would save those who deserve to live And then Hanno says, and this is, I love this part. So Hanno's like, I've made a mistake. My memory was faulty. You are not the same man who murdered my father. And he goes like, no, no, it was me. It was totally me. Like, I'm the one. I did it. And Hanno's like, no, that Jaffa is dead. You have killed him. And we have our own wounded to care for. And I suggest you take your friend home. And then I cry. (laughs) Um, and 
Jack says something. I really wish, I don't know how you feel about this, Rebecca, but I really wish they would have just ended it on Hanno's line. And But then Jack squeezes something and of like, we can help you defend yourself. And Hannah was like, we would appreciate that. That would be awesome. And then it, it <clears throat> cut, you just like, you know, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah I'll take it. Like, it Fine. would have been so much more powerful if it ended on Hannah's, like, little speech. Correct. Maybe somebody, maybe somebody in the production team was like, hey, guys, you were like, maybe you should, should have more of a. A, a wrap up or something and so they're like okay we'll we'll write it into this episode and then it's jack offering some random helping them to defend themselves instead of keeping the most powerful line in the whole episode is the last line right. yeah yeah and i think it goes without saying like we the audience can safely assume that they're going to help these people like we didn't need that in there really it like, was we truly really didn't unnecessary need it. and then like meanwhile um, you have episodes where you're like where is the rest of this episode Mm-hmm. But but in this yeah. episode, you're like, I didn't. This episode was so full. And then they still add like, oh, we got to put this little extra little thing, little tag in there. Yeah. 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 And the, even like there's still even with like Hanno's speech and whatever, there still was like it still would have felt like it ended a little too abruptly. But at least how it ended would have been on a very powerful note and not just like, hey, we can help you. Right. Like, <laughs> do to do, everything's great. <laughs> and and it, it, he leaves and SG-1 is in alone, alone in like the courtroom and like it ends with Jack like reaching out and like putting his hand on Teal's shoulder. But yeah, I stand by that. Like it would have been way more powerful if it ended... And maybe if they, I don't know, if they extended it and said something else, I don't know. Um, Like, maybe they could have squeezed Jack's offer in there, and it still could have ended with Hanno's, like, you know, that that final line that he said would have been a perfect ending. I mean, why couldn't Jack have offered, if they wanted that line in there, I mean, there were plenty of places in the episode where he could have been like, hey, you know, we'll help you figure out how to defend yourselves, like... Yeah. Why? Why? What? It didn't need to be there. It just didn't need to. It kind of. I definitely think takes it away from the fact that it, this is this Teal'c and and you know his struggle with with what he did in the past. Like this is his episode, you know. Right. So. Yeah, but then you have to end it with Jack taking it away. Right. Taking yeah. his thunder. Like no. I don't know. It kind of right. like yeah. It did take the thunder away. I don't know. Blah. Stealing thunder. For real. That, yeah, that uh, the more I think about this episode and the more like I rewatch it, like, I don't know, maybe like when I watched it when I was a kid, I kind of like slept on it and I was like, whatever, this is bleh, bleh, boring. But as a grown up, as a 30 year old lady, like I appreciate <laughs> it so much more. So themes and discussion. Obviously, one of the biggest themes of this episode is justice. And we kind of already touched on like, what is real justice? Um, is it a personal thing? Is it a societal thing? It's, I think it's all of those things. Um, and it justice systems on another planet. Like you had the victim basically running the whole show and Jack was like, well, that's not fair. And it's like, well, if you're the victim, it's fair. So, who are you to say 
what's fair and what's not. Mm-hmm. It it for it being justice being about like doing like what is right and what is wrong. It's so morally gray and ambiguous. It's like how do we even make a decision? It and I again like in my hours and hours and hours of consuming true crime and mysteries and unsolved mysteries and whatever it's like sometimes justice is not always served and it's such a freaking bummer where it's like there's no closure justice is not served the bad guy gets away with it and our society failed the victims it's really shitty sometimes well so it's like who's i mean everybody's idea of justice is different too so Mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. you know like you say, there are obviously laws that are in place in societies and, and those are kind of, you know, in some way, shape or form, the, the standard and, and their laws, you know. But then mm-hmm. you also have everybody's personal idea of justice. And it, this, is, this is a good example of it, this whole episode, because you have like what what Teal'c literally did, you know, mm-hmm. which which if you played it cut and dry... Like they were like, you know, uh, Hano was the whole episode. Yeah. You play it cut and dry. Then, yeah, Tilk dies because that's what the laws are and that's how it works. Um, but then there's that personal justice and that idea of what actually is right and what actually should be done. Um, that's that's completely different sometimes. Yeah. And like the analogy that I made before was like, you know, when the bad guy gets to kill themselves before. Mm-hmm. justice is served maybe for other people that will be they'd be cool with that be like good you're dead like you don't deserve to be alive but then for me it's like no like they got to go out on their own terms that's not no you got to make that call that's not right you you didn't deserve that choice right um so another theme would be forgiveness and we see that in hano forgiving teal essentially at the end he he forgives him and also forgiving ourselves and i don't know if teal will ever be able to forgive himself for all of the things that he's done but the fact that he was granted forgiveness from someone else might help him along in the process of you know his own grieving process his own coming to terms with what he's done And then, like, finding closure, too, Um, because we see, at least I think, Hano found some closure in the fact of seeing Teal'c actually be able to prove, not just say, like, oh, I'm a changed person, but actually being able to back that up and show and defend people who actually wanted to have him executed, um, that gave him closure. I find it interesting, so, like, we talk about, like, Teal'c being a changed man, but what's interesting about it is actually isn't a changed man. It's just his character got exposed. He's always been, he's always been as good as he could be in the scenarios. He's always yeah. been on a path to try to make the best of the worst situation. So I think it's, it's his ability to portray himself more authentically. That's like kind of evolved out, but like the going back and like, when you realize like his motive behind certain decisions is, he actually was always, he was actually always a good guy trying to make his way through. Yeah. And I think um, that to me, 
Like I think about just in real life scenarios, sometimes good people make what appear to be bad choices, but because it's a better choice than the other one they had. And so I think that I try to think about that in my own life about things maybe I have done that other people think were a bad choice or bad thing, but knowing the full scope of it, knowing more of the picture. Um, I think we all in our life make choices like that or face challenges like that. And I think I'm thankful that Teal got this opportunity to expose it and kind of show that he always was that way. Cause before that SG one kind of assumed that maybe he had it in him, but maybe there was a pivotal moment where Apophis pissed him off. And finally he was like, well, fuck you dude. But the reality is, is he actually just always thought it was morally wrong. He just didn't, you know, it's kind of like his whole core was, was always good. Mm-hmm. And we finally know that we finally know that he didn't just one day flip it. It just was always there. He just could never act on it. And we see more of that develop too, when I don't even know what episode it is, but when we kind of see flashbacks from him training with Braytac mm-hmm. and Braytac kind of planting those seeds of like, these are false gods, question things. Don't, mm-hmm. don't just take things for face value, question, learn, grow. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, like, it also makes me think about, like, in our current landscape of, like, people are so quick to say, like, I'm a changed person. I've changed. I'm different. I'm not the person you knew five years ago. I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, you're changed. Can you back that up? Or are you just saying that? And Teal'c is doing the opposite. He is not saying he's a changed man at all, but he is backing that up with the choices he's making and the fact that, like, he is so not he's not quick he's the opposite of quick to to say like i've changed i'm a good person now like he doesn't even say that his friends Mm -hmm. have to come to his defense for him because he's he's remaining accountable and he is saying you know so many people i feel like be like i'm changed i yeah i did some messed up stuff but i'm a better person now and i'm changed and i would never do that now with kind of skating over the fact that like you still need to take responsibility for the awful shit that you've done Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what Teal'c does. And I love that they didn't give him that. They they made him so remorseful and apologetic to the point where he's like, if these people want to literally execute me, I'm cool with that. Like, I deserve that. Mm-hmm. For all the messed up stuff that I've done, you know, if I can give one person closure and if that's what they want, then I'll give it to them. Yeah. Um. So then, yeah, the last theme was accountability um, and how Teal, he, he stays accountable. And he, he didn't, like I said, like he didn't, he knew exactly what he was doing when he chose Hanno's father the entire time. And that would have been a very good defense from the jump, but Daniel had to pull it out of him. He had to like find out on his own and, and kind of assume that that's what Teal wanted to do. And that's exactly what he was trying to do. So, some open-ended questions. Um, so, we see that Hanno does forgive Teal'c. Do you think Teal'c has forgiven himself or will ever forgive himself for the stuff that he's done? Do you think it's that easy? It's like a process? By this episode, definitely not. Um, yeah. And in general, I I think in general, Teal'c as he goes along, learns to be less hard on himself about it. But I think, and I think this happens with a lot of people that are in positions like 
not even to the extreme that Teal is, but like people in the military and people in, you know, all these sorts of positions that do have them do have to do things that are, are not, um, you know, more, they don't morally feel right. Um, I don't know that they ever fully forgive themselves, you know, like yeah. there, there's always going to be that, that feeling of, of, feeling like you need to atone for, for those actions, because even though it's easy from the outside for somebody to say, Oh, but this person told you to do this, this person ordered you to do this. This person Mm -hmm. even would have killed you if you didn't do this. It's easy to say that from the outside, like a friend, like Jack saying it to Teal'c. Um, but it's a lot harder for you as the person who pulled a trigger or did something to, to like fully be okay with that. That's, that's major trauma. We don't want to talk. Christina always coming in with the trauma talk. Like that's, that's <laughs> massive trauma, you know? Yeah. So maybe that's a theme in my life. Trauma. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I have my own stuff to unpack. Well, I don't uh, know. well, apparently Sarah and I are obsessed with relationships that are based on trauma. So I just, I, 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 mean, say about us. <laughs> I you know, all right. Well, as I'm over here, like muting and unmuting, because I've learned to turn down my mic, not oh. just mute Zoom. As my child is running around in the background because her <laughs> dad has dropped her off and then left her here and trying to it's be cool. a mom and have dinner I'm gonna, going. I'm going to get I'm you having... a cone of silence at some point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I got I'm, dinners over here. We got crafts over there. I, I'm going i'm so hopefully i did turn my mic down for a lot of this last like 30 minutes or so so i don't think that this should have made it into I mean, our final even if edit, some of it does i can i can just cut the whole cut all of it i can cut it or, off, you know, so. or i mean leave it in like the little girl at the door <laughs> oh my god i didn't mean I to leave s- that in okay <laughs> i did not mean to leave that in we can mistake. S- I have, she still four times a day comes she by. She still comes oh over. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Oh, it has become, I I think I need to do like a TikTok series on it. Of just all the ways. She, she peers in my kitchen window and then we'll ring the doorbell and then she'll peer through another window and then she'll come back over. Y'all, it's bizarre. Somebody needs to che- teach that child about boundaries. boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a whole, whole other thing. But anyway, it scared. I almost burned myself the other night because I was cooking and the window was open <laughs> and I turn and oh, no. there's just these little eyes like looking up over the thing and asked me, what am I cooking? What, what's for dinner? Oh and my then gosh. asked if she could have some. Aww. And I'm like, so here's the thing, though. Like, I am sensitive to that. That type of behavior is probably because of something else. Yeah. So I'm really in tune to that. Hi, writer. I see a little hand. I know. Hi. You know, I will be done in a minute. That's probably my cue that I should probably be a, put my mom hat on here soon in just a second. <laughs> but yeah, so I think most of that got muted out. If not, That's... you guys have heard a lot of me yelling at her to be quiet. <laughs> no prob. It's fine. Oh. But yeah, so I think, I think not. I'm not sure Teal will ever fully forgive himself. No. I think he learns to find peace when he's living on Earth and away from that horrible environment. I think he's finds some semblance of like inner peace within himself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that would consist of, but 
as we see him progress, I think we see that kind of settle over him. Um, one last gripe that I had. Oh, yes. Going like, back to if this. If you're going to the bottom part of this, I'm it, excited about it. So General Hammond said something. He said, we don't stop pursuing war criminals because they have a change of heart. Um, bullshit. F- bullshit all the way. Um, yes, that's the ideal. That's what we wish that, that we stood for. But it's not true. Because if you've ever taken a history class or watched a conspiracy theory mm-hmm. documentary or anything like that, you've heard of Operation Paperclip. And this was where the United States took in more than 1,600 German scientists. And by German, this was right after World War II. These are Nazi scientists. And they took them to America and gave them asylum and had them work for the U.S. government. So... That's bullshit that we don't stop pursuing war criminals. We bring them over to America and let them live here and we give them jobs. Because we can benefit from them. So we're willing to look the other way about the whole war criminal thing because Mm -hmm. we can benefit from them. Which is technically should be the same argument about Teal'c. Like it's like random space person knowledge is very important (sighs) for Earth right now. Um, So, yeah. I agree with you. I was very excited that you put this in here on these notes. Uh, uh, and again, that was kind of like a throwaway, lot well, not throwaway, but it was like, yeah, like that's, and I don't know, like obviously they're working very closely with the U.S. Air Force, so they're trying to portray the military industrial complex as like a good thing. But let's be real here. Like we need to we need to acknowledge some of the crap that our military and government has done. And that includes letting Nazi scientists come live here because we can benefit from them. Yeah. That's actual shit that happened in our history. And I'm there's so much more to it. Um but mm-hmm. the fact that it's like, no, we don't stop pursuing them because they have a change of heart uh we stop pursuing them when we can benefit from them and you're right rebecca i don't know why that didn't apply to teal too because common space person knowledge very valuable um just like smart german scientists and engineers yeah very helpful regardless of the fact that they were nazis whoever this new administration president i i've it's before what what i forget when the actual was, election oh. happens in the series but oh i'm not talking about actual president like, i don't know oh, if they're using uh, i don't know if they're clinton? referring to an actual it would have been clinton yeah but yeah. um anyway it, yeah somebody in the administration they've already talked about teal being valuable so yeah. it's kind of surprising to me that like and i get again we talk about people liking that we we hit them with the hard questions in our in our podcast. I can say I get why they chose to give make Hammond be on that perspective in the, within the episode, but it also yeah. just doesn't really fit how we know everyone is looking at Teal on Earth at this point, you know, um, and how valuable he has seen. Now I'm not even saying that the administration sees him as like an actual person i'm just saying that they see him obviously as valuable yeah we really and i'm jumping ahead here a couple seasons but this is another one of my top episodes but we get this a lot more in the episode the other side and Mm -hmm. in that episode we would have 100 percent 
given that man asylum, it would have been Operation Paperclip 2.0. Like, we would have absolutely given those people asylum to, to basically, like, give them their, give us their technology. We mm-hmm. would have definitely done that. Mm-hmm. The U.S. 100%. And I, I, I can't wait till we get there because that's a whole... That, that'll be like a 20-page summary on itself, too. Don't worry, guys. It'll, it'll be like three years before we get there, so. Probably, <laughs> hey. but. We'll right. still be going strong. We will yeah. be. we got all the time in the world. We are. We're, we're yes. going to be. Oh, yeah. But that, I I was like outraged when I was like, I, I think I actually like screamed at my TV. I was like, that's bullshit. That is bullshit. You, that's the lie. History tells me so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bullshit. And that that is That's it. Season one, episode sixteen. Sixteen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. yes. Sixteen. Yeah. Wow. Oh my god, the little girl just came through the window. Oh god. <gasps> <laughs> we summoned her inadvertently. Yeah, that's <laughs> you're gonna have to do something about that. You know, in the all the stuff going on, that's that's low on my totem pole. That's actually my Fair nightly enough. entertainment. Fair oh enough. God. Anyway. I just don't, you know, I don't want to have like my heart drop to the floor every so often because <laughs> like little girl like peeking in through the window. No, I just looked over and she literally was just like over the <sighs> that's again. Sad. I am I've watched too much true crime stuff and I'm not saying it like this, but I've watched too much TV to know that like, there's probably a reason that she's seeking something. Yes. So I'm just paying attention. Whatever. She's not getting it at home. So, yeah. Yeah. So I am not trying to be annoyed by it, but actually trying to like, see what I can do to like check in on that. So I like how all three of us have admitted to watching too much true crime this episode. Um, yeah, it's true. Do you all agree as well that it seems to be a female thing? Oh, yeah. That's I think. A, but why? Yeah. But why? Because it happens to us. Mm. Exactly. Mm. It like, hap- it's so, so many. Th- it's uh, very rarely is there like an episode of Forensic Files where it's not like a woman being murdered. Yeah. Or. Yeah. You know, that's true. A lot of times if it's the guy being murdered, it's because. It's an association to a female of a it's, relationship mm. situation, you know, or it's a like something, but it's, yeah, there's, it's, it's, oh, it makes me so angry because it's like, there's nothing that we can do. It's that, that will like make us safe. It's like, we get killed for wanting an abortion. We get killed for not wanting an abortion. We get killed for wanting to get out of a marriage. We get killed for wanting to stay in a marriage. Like no matter what, like there, it, mm. And then there was one, there was one, I still bring this up to this day. I was like, a woman was killed over a game of Monopoly, a Monopoly. That's what it, I'm like, nothing, there's nothing that we can do to ensure our safety 100%. And that's why uh, I have a gun. I bought a gun. I'm a gun owner now Um, because you gotta take that shit in your own hands. Like, yeah, I'm not playing around. I do not own one for my own personal but it's funny when i'm in the city or i'm at work i actually always have my hand so like it appears as if i have one ready to go because i'm like safety first 
but I do have mace. I do have all my other stuff, but yeah, it's so sad. But then that brings in the bigger topic of women are not the only category of people that exist that are constantly a victim of that. Then that goes into, you know, black lives matter and they're constantly a target for, you know, just existing. It's the same thing. You could make true crimes about all the different panels of it, but the only people who are never really actually the victim are cis white men. And when they are, it's normally at the hands of other cis white men. Yep. Because that's an argument that you see all the time, like all these, what, like red pill, like, oh, Mm -hmm. men are the victims of violent crimes. Yeah. Perpetrated by other men. Like, Mm -hmm. you're doing it to yourself, dudes. Yes. (sighs) All right. Who's closing the iris? I got 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 a mom mode. I closed it before the break. I remember. Oh, because you buried it. Yeah, I buried it. I don't know whose turn it is, but I don't want it to be mine. <laughs> I mean, it is yours because no. that's the rotation we're on. <laughs> I, I was hoping you would. I don't know how to do it. Uh, suggestions. Like, who's, let's, whose line is it anyway, this? Like, <laughs> you tell me a prompt and I make something up that will probably be very hard. Close the iris like you're a narrator on a true crime television series. <laughs> okay. I gotta think. It was a steamy August night when Sarah said, close the iris. I feel like I want to go dun dun or something. Like just a dun dun.